0: Recently, there've been a lot of reasons to complain, but complaining alone, just venting our feelings, actually has not been found to make us feel better in the long run anyway. And it's really not effective if it's not going to the right channels. So I thought I'd spend a moment talking about how we can get the best out of our complaints. It's not easy. It is a long process, but it might well be worth it. Now, generally, I am quite an amiable person, sometimes to the point where I don't want to offend, but when things need to be sorted out, so missed flights, needing a refund, poor service, and so on, I do find that facts and evidence are far more powerful tools than emotion. And certainly, if you ever have to go to civil court, it is upon evidence rather than emotion that a case will turn. And every so often, I do need to go into battle with my pen rather than my sword. And in doing so, I have been able to claim compensation, get my refund. In some cases, the company has even offered something to make up for the poor experience, and so on. And certainly, there are many academic papers written about the service recovery paradox, where even if you experience poor service, if you give the organization an opportunity to sort it out, and they do research shows that the customer is even more loyal to that company than they would have been had the experience been smooth on no occasion would i ever suggest nor have i used writing a bad review as leverage in fact i only write bad reviews if the organization refuses to sort things out because i do believe in giving people a chance and when it comes to things like compensation or makeup gifts i don't always use them. I do accept them graciously, but I do sometimes gift them to others who have enjoyed it on my behalf. So I thought I would outline my approach. I have copious amounts of cognitive empathy, although I'm a little wanting in the emotional department, so this is probably easier for me. I also know what a huge time-consuming pain it is to go through all of the evidence to bring a case, but I do find that if I channel my time and energy that I would have used venting or whinging about putting all the evidence together in putting the evidence together and writing a letter, it can actually bring results. I'm not offering legal advice. I cannot guarantee a positive outcome. I would always suggest you seek professional help, especially if the organization refuses to acknowledge the situation, but the following may serve as a guideline to make your case stronger. Number one, try to keep your distress minimized. I do feel terrible saying this because I know what it's like to be waiting for my wedding transport. Cinderella's coach never arrived for me. And this actually resulted in one of my bridesmaids calling her husband to come and pick us up in the car and frantic messages to my soon-to-be husband saying, I'm on my way. (laughs) But in that case, I did keep in mind that getting married was far more important than anything else. The point of me saying that is the more blameless you can be in the situation. In other words, if you haven't let rip on someone, the easier it is to make a claim. If you've been hurling abuse at people, that gives the organization something to pin any refutation on. Number two, take names. If you're speaking to someone on the phone, ask for and try to see if you're face-to-face their name. This serves two purposes. First, it gives credibility to your experiences because employee records can be checked to see who was dealing with the situation. Secondly, if you are speaking one-to-one, there is an element of responsibility that you can place on someone when you have their name and they may well become an ally in helping you sort things out. We know it's not their fault, but unfortunately, as a representative of the organization, this complaint does become their problem. Number three, note times. As soon as something's gone wrong, make a note of times. When did you speak to someone? When did you respond? How did you respond? When did you ask for help? It's really helpful when it comes to setting out your complaint to narrate it almost like a documentary. Yes, it's a bit he said, she said, but with time and date stamps. For example, April 28th, I purchased a secondhand Fiat 500 for my dealership at a cost of 8999 April 29th. Car broke down, had to call the AA to relay me back. April 29th, AA job reference, hashtag 1234. And James from the AA spoke with Simon about the problem. Those are not the real names. Taking photos of the car before leaving. It does seem pedantic, but in this case of potentially rejecting a purchase and requesting a refund under the law, in that case, the Consumer Rights Act 2015, you have to make sure your refund fits certain criteria. And also, if you do have the names and dates, anyone you're speaking to knows that you have that information. Number four, keep all documents, especially informal messages, for example, on social media or WhatsApp and screenshot them. That screenshot will give you an additional timestamp. But I have had one experience where I was claiming compensation for a delayed flight. The airline's app showed the plane arriving at two minutes past the required three hour cutoff in order for the compensation to kick in. And I took a screenshot when I checked back 10 minutes later, that evidence had actually disappeared. So luckily with WhatsApp and social media, even if the other party wants to delete a message and you've seen it, they can't actually delete your copy. But we can't always rely on that. And having a second version helps and certainly screenshots if it's an app not run by you. Also, when it comes to adding these to your narrative, quote them directly rather than offering a summary. So rather than saying, Simon explained that Fiat knew it was a common fault that was playing up, say instead. In his WhatsApp message of April 30th, 2022, Simon stated that you, quotes, had called Fiat and they said it was a common fault, end quote. Not only does it save you the effort of storytelling, but again, direct quotes with the evidence to back them up are harder to argue with. Number five, outline your costs and your losses. This may include concert tickets, missed events, hotel stays, Hold on to the receipts and add the emotional distress in your conclusion, applying it to the service and your experience. For example, having dealt with your company in the past and always experienced a positive service, I was appalled and disappointed by the way I was treated. Not only did staff show a complete disregard for the fact it was Christmas and many of us were traveling to see loved ones specifically for Christmas Day, but their inability to give us any information made an already difficult situation worse. You may wish to offer the benefit of the doubt because in difficult circumstances, there are reasons why things aren't going to plan. But excuses are still unacceptable, especially for large organizations that have been in business some time. So for me, I really do often use the phrase, while I understand the pandemic has caused staff shortages or etc etc for a business such as yours it is not unreasonable to think that you would have had the foresight to manage any possible problems long before now and finally always 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 include a call to action this is the thing that most people forget and this is when you say things like I expect to hear from you usually within 10 working days what you want to hear and that might be an explanation for the unexpected acceptable service and when you're going to expect the compensation, or you might even wish to insert the procedure or act you're relying on. For example, if I don't hear from you by this time, I will contact the ombudsman or start alternative dispute resolution or mediation or legal proceedings. Then be prepared to follow through. Do not threaten anything you don't intend to follow through with. Be aware this process is long and stressful with no guarantee of resolution. And you do need to steel yourself for this because it takes time to write everything out chronologically. It takes time to ensure you've got all the evidence and revisiting the experience is quite unpleasant as well. In conclusion, hopefully what will happen is the organization will see that your case is tight. And not only that, you are someone who clearly seeks resolution and intends to respond favorably. I cannot guarantee how they're going to respond. But what I do know personally is I've been able to settle most of my disputes without having to resort to the courts or the ombudsman or even taking further formal action. The process is the same, whatever your complaint. And if you, like me, do feel a little shame that you're causing conflict, remember, you are not name-calling like you would be inventing. You are setting up what happened factually. In doing something, you will feel better anyway. And even if you don't see the complete benefit, you may well have paved the way for the next person caught in a similar unfortunate situation. And that's all we have time for. But for more practical ways to boost your well-being, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Audrey T, Practical Tools for Everyday Well-Being, or my Facebook page of the same name, or have a look at my website, www.draudryt.com, or tune in to the Wellbeing Lounge on Tuesday nights, 9 till 10, for your hour of mental health on NLive Radio.